Welcome to Trust and Safety in Numbers, presented by SIP Science. I'm your host, Evan Ramsapore. We rely on the internet for information. This has become such a fact of life that it feels so obvious, even strange to articulate it. But what if, when you went online, you were exposed to more fake information than real information? According to a Gardner study, by 2022, that might be our reality. That's how pervasive and insidious content fraud has become. To get a handle on content fraud and abuse, I'm sitting down with two experts, Kevin Lee, our trust and safety architect here at SIFT Science, and Augie Nekalik, a machine learning engineer at Google with years of experience in risk management. But first, let's warm up with a quick fraud fact. Did you know that about 30% of online reviews are fake? For more information, check out 10 things you need to know about fake reviews on the SIFT Science blog. Now on to the interview. So, Augie, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Hi, I'm uh, uh, Augie Nekulik. I currently work on um, uh, Google Assistant, where I lead some of the uh, uh, quality and machine learning efforts. Uh, prior to that, for the last uh, seven and a half years, I led the risk engineering group for Google AdWords, so protecting uh, Google's uh, ad network against uh, uh, pay- payment fraud, account takeover, and uh, policy and content violations and bad ads. And some of our listeners will already be familiar with you, Kevin. For those of you who don't know, Kevin was in charge of Facebook's global spam ops team dealing with account takeover and malware. Can you remind us who you are? I'm the trust and safety architect here at SIF Science. And then I did some more financial related fraud at Square, where I headed up the risk, chargebacks, and collections teams um, globally for, for Square. And actually, Augie and I met way back when, uh, when I also worked at Google in the payment space. When we think of fraud, we typically think of payment fraud like chargebacks or credit card fraud, but content abuse seems radically different from these more traditional forms of fraud. In what ways is that the case? Content abuse is um, an attack on the on the users of the business or the platform. Um, the uh, content abuse is eroding the trust. So, if you have a platform, whether it's a dating site or a ride sharing service or a vacation rental um, or a buyer or seller, uh, the, the the platform is essentially a, the broker of trust uh, between those uh, two parties. Um, content abuse, um, uh, which comes in a wide spectrum. Uh, uh, of scams uh, usually deals with one of the parties uh, misrepresenting or misleading or trying to gain a certain advantage and 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 compromise that trust of the overall pr- platform and uh, in turn actually uh, creating a, a sort of a brand reputation and potentially even a PR uh, problem um, and I see this abuse to be actually far more damaging in the long run if left unchecked uh, compared to payment fraud, which is sort of, it does definitely harm the business, but sort of privately and and eating away at the uh, profit margins. Uh, uh, this can, uh, content abuse can be a lot more public when um, uh, reporters start writing uh, uh, news articles about a certain platform and uh, mind, the mind share of good users uh, starts being eroded away. One, I think, point that Augie is getting to, and Augie, feel free to disagree, uh, is that when we talk about content abuse, it is really hitting the top line of the business when it's impacting your legitimate users. And eventually there may be some drop-off in 
lifetime value, or maybe it leads to payment fraud, which can then hit your bottom line. But it's not necessarily a one-to-one relation. If I'm going to defraud a company as a, a fraudster, uh, the bottom line is going to get hit pretty immediately. You know, it takes maybe 30 days or 60 days for a chargeback to come in, but it eventually come in there. Whereas for things like content abuse, if I'm directly attacking, um, let's say it's a dating site and I'm spamming legitimate people looking for a relationship with all these fake profiles, I'm probably going to drop off pretty quickly if, if all I see is these kind of fake hot girls asking to get together. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to want to use that platform anymore and my lifetime value and the potential of me, uh, me telling my friends of like, Oh, don't use that dating app. Cause it's just a bunch of garbage, um, can spread. Is there a difference between the types of teams or personnel who would handle a case of, let's say payment fraud versus a case of content abuse? I think it depends from company to company, but uh, uh, it, the complaints can come into the customer support teams. It can come in through the sales channels or, or marketing, sometimes through PR or legal. And and I think quite often because there's a broad spectrum of uh, abuses, whether it's a misrepresentation or uh, identity theft or scammy uh, posts or scam, scam links, uh, uh, it might not be categorized uh, correctly, or it might not all be uh, uh, aggregated to sort of to appreciate the scale and the scope of the issue initially. Kevin was mentioning uh, with payment fraud, chargebacks uh, do come in for payment fraud. They might take a while to come in, but they do come in, uh, uh, and it's a fairly strong feedback loop. Uh, with content abuse, a lot of the victims might not complain. Um, they also might not even be aware of the fact that they were uh, exposed to a scam. It, it becomes a lot harder to fully uh, measure and, and appreciate the scale of content abuse on, on any platform. One subset of content abuse that's kind of blown up in recent years is ad fraud. Put simply, ad fraud is a scam in which a fraudster fools advertisers into paying for fake content, fake traffic, ad placement, leads, clicks, and so on. And it's a pretty serious problem. It's costing the industry about $8.2 billion a year. Why is ad fraud in particular posing such a challenge for ordinary users and businesses alike? The ads platforms, uh, just like any other platform out there, is bro- is a broker between two parties. In this case, it's the advertiser and the user, um, uh, but uh, and and it's brokering trust or a certain exchange or agreement or an understanding that both parties have been vetted. Abuse can come in in or, or can go in both directions. Obviously, uh, uh, the users can be f- fictitious, and that sort of you know via ad spam and and bots that generate. Uh, ad clicks, as well as from the other side, uh, the the advertisements themselves might be misleading or, or inappropriate and, and lead to bad outcomes. Each, each platform itself has some unique abuses. Uh, for ride sharing, did the did the driver actually take the shortest path, or or did they pursue, did they overcharge the user? Uh, so so you'll have some of those uh, unique uh, uh, abuses, uh, and then you will you will have a set of content abuses that sort of spam or that are pervasive uh, across all platforms. This is usually a lot of the spam, um, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, incivility or the um, or gambling and and so on. Um, so so the ad 
ad, the ad systems are, are no different uh, across any of the ad platforms, including Google's. We're going to close with a question that seems to be growing more urgent by the day. Users must now constantly parse out what's real and what is fake online. How is that changing the way we think about trust and safety on the internet? Yes, uh, so, so one of the costs of uh, um, these um, attacks and, and the abuses that we're experiencing is the sort of is similar to the, to the airport syndrome of everyone having to go through the security line. Um, the users will have to fill out a lot more uh, captures uh, uh, at account, uh, account sign-up. Uh, there will be a lot more uh, uh, transactions and a lot more activity uh, that's held back or flagged and reviewed. And, and so uh, uh, it's a cost that the uh, good users have to pay uh, for ensuring that um, there's some some semblance of, of enforcement and, and protection on their behalf. Um, but they still need to be absolutely vigilant and cautious. And I think continuing the education of the users on all of these platforms, um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, there's a great deal of work to protect them and to, to make sure that the platform is safe. Uh, but fraud and abuse will never be zero. For better or for worse, with various types of content abuse bubbling up, I think it's just a reflection of one technology and, and people. Ten years ago, maybe we would buy things online, and that was the extent of it. Um, but now, people are really moving their entire identities online, and there's so much more at stake. And so when there is content abuse out there, whether it's hate speech or bullying or trolling or spam or other types of scams or fake profiles, there's definitely much more awareness around it. Uh, at, a, at a previous company... I definitely would try my best to educate users and about different scams and ways to protect themselves. And initially, that was always there was always some pushback from the product team or the growth team around not wanting to scare users. And I think those conversations have become actually significantly easier because they've seen what content abuse or account takeover can do to a business in eroding user trust. And so education is, is critical. And also, I'd say building a product that is anti-content abuse by design or anti-account takeover by design. Uh, one thing, for example, we did at Facebook, uh, which became better at, was allowing the community to flag more bad behavior and then using that as a signal. And so uh, having the community step up as well has been um, really, really beneficial. And, and to just add to Kevin's uh, point, I think uh, when we talk about uh, user education, it's both in the uh, uh, detecting the abuse or being more vigilant and uh, uh, around, and not as trusting of the of the other parties or the activities they engage with. And the other the other part of the education is knowing where and how to report that abuse uh, so, so that uh, uh, action can actually uh, can be taken. Thanks for joining me on Trust and Safety in Numbers. Until next time, stay vigilant, fraud fighters.